0: But Jesus, you hear our heart cry and our desire. Lord, here in this house of prayer for all nations, it is our desire that all nations would worship you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the expression of that, the brief glimpse of that that we received this morning. It makes our hearts hunger for more. Lord, for there are still those who have yet to be gathered into your house. So, Lord, I pray that even today as we receive your word, Lord God, that you would come and awaken within us your dream, your passion, your heart, Lord God, for all peoples. Thank you, God, for this day, this hour, this time. We ask you, living word, come and speak to us. You who are the eternal word, give to us and bring to us the word of life for this day that we might go out from this place transformed. For, Lord, we're not looking for more information. We are asking for transformation, nothing else and nothing less than transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name is Pastor Jim uh, Olson. It's been my privilege to be the senior pastor here at Bethel Christian Fellowship for 22 years now. And I am just grateful to add my welcome to the rest of the welcomes you've already received this morning. This morning we are continuing um, a series that we have been doing for the last several weeks uh, through the time between the season of Easter and Pentecost here leading up to next Sunday actually is when we'll be concluding our series called Daring Do, which is a play on words because there is an English word, uh, daring do, which means to do great exploits against adversaries and oppositions of various kinds. And so deeds of Daring do. And Eleanor Roosevelt is the one who said, The world uh, needs dreamers, the world needs doers, but most of all, the world needs dreamers who are doers. And the ultimate example of a dreamer who is a doer is God Himself. And this morning, I want to kind of pull back. We've We've been looking at various great characters in Scripture, and we're going to look at another one this morning, the Apostle Paul. But the Apostle Paul really um, embodies, in a way, uh, the the dream that God the Father has had since the very beginning. And it's a dream for the nations. And we sung about it this morning, we proclaimed it in prayer, and now we have the opportunity to receive the word of the Lord into our spirit. So I believe that the, the soil of our heart is already tilled up and ready to receive. And so what I want to have for you this morning, what my deepest desire is, is that you would walk out this morning with a fresh vision of God's dream for the nations. Now last Sunday, we spoke about breakout. And a couple of the scriptures that we used at the end, first of all, was Micah chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. And the place will throng with people. One who breaks open the way will go out before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. Our God is a God of breakout. Our God is the God of breakout. There is no gate, there is no bars that can keep the Spirit of God from moving out. He is the God of breakout. And where? My question for you this morning is, where is the King, the Lord, leading them? When it says that he's leading them out, when they are breaking out, and he's speaking here of the people of Israel who are representative in the Old Testament of the kingdom of God, where is he leading them? The answer, I believe, is he is leading them into his house of prayer for all nations. If we go to Isaiah chapter 56, it says... And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him. Now remember, when we say foreigners, we're not talking about non-Americans. Isaiah was not writing as an American. We are all foreigners. Who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord and to worship him. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain... And give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. We exist as a house of prayer for all nations for those who are not yet here. We exist because there are still others waiting to be gathered. And this is God's dream for the nations. God has a dream. Dreams are powerful things. Martin Luther King, one of the most famous speeches in America, is I have a dream. Well, guess what? God has a dream, and this is his dream. This is God's dream. To gather people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group into his house of prayer for all nations, and in that house to give them joy. That's why we say here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, that our call is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. Because in God's house, there is true life and there is true joy. Now this morning, I want to take you on a journey with me through the scriptures, familiar scriptures, but scriptures that will help us understand God's dream for the nation. And I've entitled the message this morning, whoop, here we go. There's a question under there. Will you dare to be a part of God's dream? Here's my question for you this morning. Will you dare to be a part of God's dream for the nations? Are you willing to be one of those who will do deeds of daring do? Will you dare to dream? God's dream for the nations? And the answer is you will. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why, and we're going to unfold the scriptures here. All right. The dream is first conceived in Genesis chapter 12. We looked at Abraham. Abraham was one of the first people we looked at in this whole list of men and women that we have been looking to, the great men and women of faith down through the scriptures and Abraham was one of the first that we looked at. And there's a dream that is conceived here, and it is, it is planted, it is impregnated, if, it, if we could use those words, into Abraham's spirit back in Genesis chapter 12. It says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will... Be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to all nations. Here's the heart of God. The heart of God is a heart to bless. He longs to bless his people for the purpose that they would become a blessing to the nations. This is very different than the American dream, which is the one with the most toys at the end wins. But as we've said many times... You will never see, driving down Summit Avenue or any other avenue, Rice Street or University, you're not going to see a hearse pulling a U-Haul behind it. Because you can't take it with you. So when God pours out his blessings on our lives, it's in order that we might be a blessing. Everything that we have is his. We're stewards. We hold it in our hands and we release it with open hands. Mikasa Sukasa, right? Our houses, our lands, our everything that we've got is available bless, God has blessed us to bless the nations. All right, let's, let's move forward. The dream is confirmed for us in Luke chapter 24 now. I mean, what, what happened here, and, and I don't have time to go into the whole history, but Israel kept losing track of God's dream. They got the first part, I will bless you, They completely kept overlooking the second part, which was, I want to bless the nations through you. And so will we if we don't get reoriented regularly, all right? So, the dream is confirmed here, Luke chapter 24. Jesus, right before his ascension, speaks these words to his disciples. He told them, this is what was written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now this is what leads us into... The scripture that we have from Acts chapter 1, which is when that dream of God is confirmed among his disciples, there's 120 of them praying together in an upper room, waiting, because God has told them, Jesus has told them before his ascension, they're waiting, they're praying 10 days, they're there in the upper room praying, waiting, waiting, waiting. They don't even know exactly what they're waiting for, but they are waiting Because they've been instructed to wait. And here's what happens. On one occasion, well, here's what... I'm sorry, I'm going to get there in a moment. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to you, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Now, still the disciples, after all of this time, are still wrestling with the concept of what Jesus is talking about, because they're still looking at, through the lens of an earthly kingdom, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel, and they're looking at the kingdom through the lens of geography, are you going to restore our kingdom, they're looking through the lens of political realities. And Jesus, once again, is seeking to reorient them to recognize that his kingdom is not a geographic realm. His kingdom is his rule and reign. And that is what they are to be witnesses of. You will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends. Of the earth, This is a word of promise. There is the promise of power. When we sing and declare and cry out to the Lord, Lord, show your power, send your power, he says, uh-huh. I want to do that. That's his promise to us, that he will send his power. When we call on his name, you don't have because you don't ask. And it's a promise of purpose. And the purpose is to become a witness. Now, what is a witness? A witness is one who testifies to that which they have seen and experienced. In order to be a witness, I'm going to put out three words. They're not up here, but you can just write them down. In order to be a witness, we need the logos, the word of God in us. We need the ethos. We need that word in us. We need the word of the Lord in us. And we need pathos. We need passion for that word to come out from us. Logos, ethos, pathos. Word embodied, released. Listen to what he says. He doesn't say, you will be my theologians. He doesn't say, you will be my, you know, um, just whatever. (laughs) Any other word that we might think of. We're going to be his witnesses. And that reframes everything for us. Because it's not about Simply how much you know it 's about who you know to know him, Tom and I were praying about that. He was praying that over and for me this morning before service about from Ephesians two that we would know him that 's the heart of this is knowing him, knowing him. But listen to me, people. this is very important for us to get here, because this is not only a word of promise it 's a word of prophecy. Jesus is not simply making a promise here. He is making a prophetic declaration. He is saying, You will have my power because my power will come. You will have my purpose and my purpose will be fulfilled. That's why I can boldly say this morning the title of this message is, You Will. Jesus doesn't say you might be. It's possible. This isn't even an if-then. It's a reality that he has declared that his people will be his witnesses. The question is, how much of a witness am I? (laughs) Not if, but how. His power poured on and into us enables His purpose to be fulfilled through us. You will never do it without him with the upon and the within of the Spirit. That's what enables us to do the purpose of being his witness. Hello? All right. Now, the dream comes true. Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 to 8. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Isn't it cool what Amy's done? I don't know if you've been watching the banner, but Amy did the banner. we got men and women who are aflame. All right? They're aglow. The tongues of fire are coming down upon them. Separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them. Let me hear. Would you please say with me, all? all. Say it again. All. Say it one more time. All. all. All of them. Not a select few. Not just the men, the women too, not just the old folks, kids too, not just the kids the old folks, too, not just a few. All, oh. Yeah. Ah. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language and utterly amazed they asked are these not all men who are speaking are not all of these men who are speaking Galileans then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue how is it because the Spirit of God had come upon them and within them in order to fulfill the purposes of the Father, which is that every tribe, tongue, nation, and people group would hear the wonders of him declared in their own language. I don't know what it was like for some of you this morning when maybe somebody got up here and began to pray in your heart language, and suddenly you weren't Like translating it through, trying to do the English as second language prayer thing. But suddenly you heard it in your own heart language. God has a language to touch every person's heart. That is one of the prayers that I pray frequently and I would encourage you to pray. When I'm praying for folks, I pray and ask that the Lord would speak to them in a language they will understand. Now this turns out, I mean, you know, all heaven breaks loose. You see, and and do you get the picture here? We've now gone from the upper room to the streets. We've gone now from, I will bless you, and you will bless the nations. Do you have this? Do you see this? It's down and out. (laughs) In a whole new way. It's the Spirit of God coming down and then releasing out. Out. To bless the nations. Now, the, the dream is catalyzed. The book of Acts tells us the unfolding story of the early church. And Paul becomes a key person involved in this. And who wrote 13 letters of the New Testament. And so as we've been looking at the great men and women of faith, I just want to hold up Paul before you as one who embodied this dream For the nations. And many of you remember Paul's story. Paul was one who was first known as Saul, and he was one who had been a fierce adversary of the church, going and arresting people and beating them and just trying and seeking to destroy the church. And one day, God got a hold of him on the road and spoke to him very, very specifically and very clearly. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me for a moment to Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men and women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision and said, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul. In two weeks, we have a baptism service here. Baptism is the first step of obedience that a new believer takes. When you come and give your heart, when you say, I trust you, Jesus, with my life, baptism is the first step. It's a public declaration of that inner reality that has happened. We encourage you. See me. Talk to me. Call. Email. Do whatever. Let us know. If you've not been baptized and are ready to take that step of obedience, this is the time. Take it. So here we have Saul, and we have, now Saul tells us in Acts chapter 26, Paul, now Paul, because his name gets changed from Saul to Paul, Paul tells us he's standing before the king, and he speaks, and he tells this story of what's happened, and now we get inside of Paul's heart and head and mind, and we hear, listen for God's dream. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you at all. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified sanctified by faith in me. Paul is the first of the apostles specifically appointed now to go not simply to the people of Israel, but to the nations. Now there's an interesting thing if you read the book of Acts. There's a significant key when you read the book of Acts. And that is the first nine chapters or so, up until Paul's conversion, the primary locus of God's work in the world is happening through the church at Jerusalem. But starting in chapter 10, and we looked at this some last week, with Peter's experience on the roof and and receiving the vision and and going to Cornelius' house and the transformation that that happens in Peter's mindset as it's broken out of his cultural confines. It's the church in Antioch now that becomes the church which really picks up the apostolic baton and fulfills God's call to the nations. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now, here in Acts chapter 13, we have Antioch fulfilling God's dream for the nations. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, who's now named Paul, for the work to which I have called them. So, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Listen to me. If we think, if we, if we, allow ourselves to get into a human mindset which ends up revolving all of life around ourselves. If it's all about bless me, bless me, bless me more, I'm telling you, the baton will be passed. This is one of the things that If there was going to be something that would keep me awake at night, this would be one of the things that would keep me awake. If we as a congregation somehow lost sight of his vision for us and his calling upon us and simply became, I'm not interested, people, in just a nice, ordinary church where I can come and just be comfortable a pew potato. Because I want all, I mean, I want to be hooked into what God's hooked into. What, I want to dream what he's dreaming. And he's dreaming nations. That's what he's dreaming. And so they sent them off. I'm so grateful for those that are going. Stephanie Fisk, who was with us last week, she's going this week back to Spain back to work with sex trafficking, back onto the front lines. We've got men and women all over the world going out. They dared to do God's dream. Thus the anointing of the Lord was on the church the only way that we will experience the full anointing of the Lord in our lives individually and corporately is when we are in the fullness of his dream. When we're hooked up with his heart. All right. We're running towards the finish now. The dream is consummated. Oh, man. How I love this scripture. How I love the book of Revelation and what it shows us. Revelation chapter 7. Here's this incredible picture. It slays me every time. For after this, John the Apostle says, he's writing this down, he's writing what he's seeing. He says, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. All right, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have worship practice right now. Worship at the throne practice. We're going to say it together. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All right, on the count of three, you're going to say it. Shout it with me. One, two, three. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now we're going to kick it up a step. Because when it's coming and God can hear, you know what? God is multilingual. He doesn't only hear English. So here's what we're going to do. Americans, I mean, English speakers, let me just say that, English speakers, we're not going to speak quite as loud. We're going to let our other friends, we're going to say this, so be thinking about how you're going to say this, Swahili and Malayalam and Spanish and all of that, okay. We're going to say it, and you guys are going to say it in your heart language because this is what it's going to be like around the throne of God, all right? So they were crying out. So we're going to, in a loud voice, on the count of three, Say it, and even if you're not sure, just say something in your language that sounds something like what they're saying. All right? So here we go. One, two, three. Salvation. Okay, now those of you from other languages are going to have to shout it, okay, because I didn't hear you. One, two, three. Yeah! Salvation belongs to our God. Here is the dream fulfilled. His dream will be fulfilled. This is a word of prophecy. This is what the Lord has said. Will be, not might be, will be. Stephen Sharon there, will be people from the Hunza Valley. There will be. There will be. be. There will be. Your labors are not in vain. There will be. There will be. Those who have given their lives as witnesses, as martyrs for the Lord, there will be from every tribe and tongue and nation and people group. There will be. There will be. The question is, will you be? Will you be around that throne? Will you be there? Will you be a part of God's dream? His heart, he desires. I mean, I've said it 100,000 times. I'll say it 100,001. Christianity is not about a religion. We're not talking about a series of rules and regulations. We are talking about a relationship with a living God who has made it possible for us to have relationship with him through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to take away our sin, which separated us from God. And what we need to do is cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, help. I need forgiveness. I am sorry for my sins. I receive your life. I receive your spirit. I desire to be a part of your people, the people of God. One nation, one tribe, one people, made up of all nations and all tribes and all people. This morning, you can step into the throng. God is what He loves you, He loves every single one of His children all over the world. He's crying out for them Come, come, return. I want to gather. I'm still going to gather others that have yet to be gathered. full circle I'm going to bring it home here this week in our saturate reading and those of you that have been joining us for the last year and a half as a congregation as a whole we've been walking through all of the scriptures together we've read through and as of today if you've been able to keep up with all of the reading you have finished and completed all the Old Testament all the New Testament the whole Bible you've read and it's been glorious. It's been so good. So this last week, we were reading the last three books. Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Right? And there's a word in Zechariah that Liz brought this morning, and she didn't know. We hadn't talked. She didn't know where I was going and where I was going to end the message. So Liz, thank you that you opened the message with how I'm closing it. because the very word that Liz brought from Zechariah is the word that the Lord just awakened in my spirit this week in my reading. Zechariah, Zechariah had a lot of pictures. He saw a lot of visions. I mean, he was just he was a dreamer seeing all kinds, I mean he saw all kinds of stuff. And he has this vision. Look at it, listen to it carefully. Listen to this carefully. This is the last scripture. That worship team, why don't you kind of come up now? It says, the angel who talked with me returned and awakened me as a man is wakened from his sleep. And he asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the light. It's like these menorahs. There's seven... You know, seven lights, and there's two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl, and the other on its left. And I asked the angel who talked with me, "What are these, my lord?" And he answered, "Do you not know what these are?" Now listen to this. This this just blew me away. "No, my lord," I replied. So he said to me, "This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel." The word of the Lord, Zerubbabel, is this picture of the solid gold lampstand with the bowl on the top and the seven lights on it and the seven channels to the light. This is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And then he goes on and gives what, Liz, what you shared earlier about then the mountains are going to come down and the capstone's going to go up. Grace to it. God bless it. God bless it. But this is the word, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. But I want you to understand it and see it in context. This is the word. We need the oil. That's the word that came to Zerubbabel. It's not going to be by your own smarts, your own ability, your own might, your own power, your own intellect, your own strength, out of doing it yourself, but only as you are connected into the source of the oil. Do you have the oil of the Spirit to empower you to dare to dream? Has the Holy Spirit come upon and into you? Have you experienced, we receive the Spirit of God at salvation. As soon as you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God will come to live in you. But He also wants to rise up like a mighty fountain. The Scripture says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled. Let there be a fountain flowing within you. And he also wants to come upon you with power. As it says in Acts chapter 1 when the Spirit of... Acts chapter 2 the Spirit of God when Jesus says I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to baptize. There's going to be an upon you. There's like a mighty waterfall. The other day the boys and I went out and we were looking at Minnehaha Falls and I was thinking about the message here this morning and I was thinking about standing under that waterfall which you know, all the rain we've had It's coming down. It's beautiful, by the way. Go there. Anyway, so the waterfall's coming down. i was thinking about standing under there. The power of the Holy Spirit is like that waterfall that comes upon us so that he can flow through us to the nations, the nations that you're going to go to tomorrow morning when you go to your workplace and when you go back to school. Oh, it's Memorial Day. Tuesday. And by the way, can we just say, we just want to honor all of our veterans. Thank you. Thank you. Let's honor our veterans for their service. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you that served our country, thank you. We owe you a profound debt of gratitude. But on Tuesday, when you go to work, to your school, when you go back, when Ludovic literally goes to the nations tomorrow, when others go, God wants to pour out his oil through you. Do you have that oil? If we could just stand to our feet as we come to a close this morning. If you just stand up. We're going to sing a song that's right connected with this, what I've been speaking about, God's dream for the nations. And if you just want to say this morning, I'm willing, and I need you, Lord, to come and fill me afresh. Just come and stand here, and then I'm just going to pray a general prayer. And if prayer people want to come up and start praying with folks, that'd be marvelous as well. But this morning, I I don't know, I'm just so stirred up in my spirit for God's dream for the nations. If you're here this morning and you've never stepped in to the kingdom of God, today you can join the throng around the nations. You may be sitting back watching, whoa, I don't get it at all. I don't understand what these people are doing. But I kind of like it. And I... Boy, I just want to know more. Maybe, maybe it's not even yes or no today. Maybe it's just I, I need I need to find out more. Come on up front. Tom and Kathy are right here. They'll be happy to to talk to you, pray with you. Just come on up and find them and let them speak to you. So if that's you this morning. Come on down. If you're just feeling a, a a stirring in your heart that you just wanna I don't know. You just need more oil. You wanna you wanna have that. You just want to hook into the dream and purposes of God. I can't even speak anymore. Sorry. Just whatever it is that God's speaking to your heart. Come on, step out right now, people. Let's go. This is the word of the Lord to this house today. Come on, step out. Step in right now. Say, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. And he says, you will. You will. I will pour out my spirit on you. I will enable you. I will empower you. I will equip you. I will help you. You will be my witnesses. I want to be a witness come on step out step out I'm going to give a prayer after we're done here but we're going to step out and sing this song and then I'll release so stay in the house right now until then step out step out step out come on dare to dream dreams of daring do come on hallelujah could you just open your hands please for closing prayer here, just want to bless you this morning. It's the people of God. Just open your hands, just to receive the blessing that you might be a blessing. Lord Jesus, you see us as your people. We're not a whole lot, Lord. None of us are particularly, um, you know, wealthy or, you know, overly gifted and whatever we're just we ordinary people Lord but Jesus you are extraordinary and so with hands open we just want to receive you and your blessing today the oil of your presence and spirit as it is poured out into each and every life Lord Lord God come by your grace now and just pour that in pour that on that it, Lord, might pour through us. Lord, for the sake of your kingdom and the nations, God, that you are raising before your throne. So, Lord, I stand before you as the shepherd of this house, and I pray, God, for your hand upon your people. And I pray for your heart to be released into us. And your dream for the nations to become our dream. May we be consumed, Lord, with this dream that you have given. For those, Lord, that have not yet stepped into the dream, Lord. Continue to draw them to step in. For those of us that have stepped in, draw us to step in deeper, God. Step deeper. And now I pray you may be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father. With the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son. The inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours. As you go from this house to your house, sent to make disciples of all nations, Go with the banner of His grace and goodness over your life. Until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, around that throne, I bless you as the people of God. Go in His grace now. In the name of Jesus, amen.